What's going on everybody, it's your boy Jordan And this is Desmond And welcome to episode 195 of Two Black Nerds That's right, it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and our takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Two Black Nerds We appreciate that, love y'all And let's not forget to mention, we have brand new merchandise that's available now at twoblacknerds.com. Go check out our Two Black Jedi and Sith collections inspired by Star Wars. We got t-shirts, crewneck city stickers, mugs, and tote bags, so go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we'll be reviewing Episode 5 of the Marvel Studios original series, Secret Invasion. We'll have a spoiler-filled conversation about this week's big moments and reveals, as well as share our thoughts about what to expect out of next week's finale. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off this week's podcast with our general big-picture thoughts about the penultimate episode. So, we have quickly arrived towards the end of Secret Invasion. Already, it seems like we have reached the end of this series. We only have one episode left that's going to be coming out next week. And so based off of last week's episode and what we saw, I know you and I both had some concerns and some reservations about how the final two episodes could possibly maybe reshift and re-steer us in a better direction for this show and just with the story that they are telling. Now that we have received the penultimate episode and now that we've gotten a chance to check it out, before we talk spoilers, before we dive into all the nitty-gritty details, I'll pass it over to you. What did you think about this week's episode of Secret Invasion? Ooh, I. Where do I even start? I think they had an an opportunity to. I think end this show on a a high note, <laughs> and I think this episode has shown me that they missed that opportunity. Um, it's not a bad episode, but it feels like in episode two or three, not in penultimate episode, which is part of the big problem. <laughs> With this episode for me, it, it, it by the end, it does feel like, a, uh-oh, we're walking into some ending territory. But all the meat and potatoes of the episode don't feel like enough is happening for me to be excited for next week. That being said, man, it is uh, it's a mixed bag of episode for me. It really is. There's some some things I still like. I still like a lot of the, the some of the same stuff we've been talking about. All since uh, this series, I, I still like a lot of those things. I still like character moments that we're getting. We're, we're getting different characters together. But something this episode does that I was hoping it wouldn't do is raise more questions. We are asking way too many questions in the penultimate episode because the final episode should be the resolution of that. Secret Invasion doesn't feel like a season two is happening. Secret Invasion doesn't seem like this is a show that will go on for a long time. And and in that vein, we need some answers. Not only that, there's a couple like silly things in this episode that happens for me. They introduce some a new MacGuffin. <laughs> they introduce some some questionable, I think, politics that would have been fine had they introduced them earlier in the season. I just there's just some weird stuff happening in this episode that feels like, damn, now, again, we're feeling the sixth episode thing again for a little bit. It was like, OK, we're here. We, you have a you have potential to clean up th- these last two episodes and, and make something that's still decent. But now, as they have added so much, it just doesn't feel like we're this this finish line is is is, i feel like it's not gonna be fruitful i feel like it's not gonna we're not gonna get to the next episode and be like dang i am happy all of this happened i just feel like we're gonna be like well i guess that's over now (laughs) that was a story and i think again i think there will be pros to talk about there will be things that that we'll like and that we'll be like okay yeah i like that about this series but overall the energy just is not there right now and and i really needed it to be there this episode so Again, the episode itself is not bad, but in the grand scheme of things, knowing this is a penultimate episode, it's it's not where it needs to be. And so, yeah, it's it's overall it's pretty disappointing for me. Um, but 
uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about more later. I think there's some some cool things that they're going to do next episode, but it also it's so bittersweet. And I think we'll get a lot of that bitter more than we'll get that sweet. All along the way, I think we've tried to be optimistic about what this show could evolve into and just sitting back, watching it play out and hoping that we would get more and be able to sort of anticipate some bigger moments and some really key character depth that, that could occur all throughout the story. And as we have come across these past few episodes in these past few weeks, that optimism has just been slowly chipped away. And I think with the past two episodes, episode three and four, that was the realization for me that this show is what it is. And what it is ain't enough. That's just really the bottom line. There just isn't enough here. There's not enough runway to make this conclusion feel satisfying next week. There's not enough development for certain characters. There's not enough care or concern on my part about certain people and certain players involved with the show because they have not allocated the proper amount of time in real estate across the multiple storylines taking place within the series to make me give a fuck. And that's really what it comes down to. And when you watch episode five, there are flashes and, and moments of, wow, that has great potential or that could really go somewhere or that feels like the start of a really good idea. But just knowing the real outlook of this series and, and, and ultimately what we have left, you just understand and, and sort of realize that there's just no way that it's going to pay off into anything all that meaningful there might be moments and maybe one or two characters might have that opportunity in order to have their moments and their arcs paid off. But even then I look back to their introduction and the way that we met them in the show. And I'm like, you know, maybe this would have worked better if you were introduced earlier, maybe just one episode mm -hmm. earlier to develop more of a connection with you. Or if you just made one different choice or added on one scene or right. a few pieces of dialogue to just mm -hmm. help tie this all together then it would have worked out just a little bit better. I'm not saying it would have been a magnificent series by any stretch, but I do think that there are some obvious gaping holes in the storyline and in the development of a lot of these players involved in the show outside of like our main leads being Nick Fury and, and maybe a couple of others like Gravik or, or whoever else. But by and large, like many of these Marvel television series that we've gotten in the past few years, this is monumentally mid this is the definition of a mid show <laughs> yeah it's not bad and it's far from great it's just okay but it's not something that's gonna want to get you to wake up and say i can't wait to watch secret invasion i can't wait to turn on the latest episode even when we watch these episodes on a week-to-week -week basis now i'm in no rush i have no mm. sense of urgency to get to it it's like I know I have to watch it before we record, but I'm going to get to it when I get to it. It doesn't have Same. to happen at the top of the morning when I wake up. Like, no, it can wait until later in the evening or or until I finish some other things that I'm taking care of. And so that that's not what you want to feel necessarily when it comes to a Marvel Studios television series, especially one with the namesake of Secret Invasion, which is such an important comic book storyline that I feel like is just not being serviced in the way that it should be serviced in this live action adaptation. So it's unfortunate but that's where we are. We only got one episode left. I'm very much expecting episode six to give me all of the same stuff that we've been experiencing for the past five weeks. And so that's where I stand with it. But with all of that out the way, let's go ahead and dive into the episode and talk about the details. So if you've not seen this week's episode of Secret Invasion, this is your official spoiler warning. Go watch it. Come back and finish out the rest of our conversation. And where I want to start is actually with Gravik, who is our main antagonist for the series. He is the villain, of course. At the end of last week's episode, we saw Gravik essentially try to attack the president and kill him and assassinate him, President Ritson. He was unsuccessful technically because of Fury and Talos being able to interfere and stop him from killing the president. And Talos sacrificed his very own life in order to protect the president. And, and essentially this week, we did get confirmation that Talos is dead. He is gone and taken off of the chessboard. So that is another big character death that's happened in the series. But... Gravik is now in a place where his followers, this 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 contingent of scrolls who have taken after him to try to lead this insurgency against his own kind, but also just the different government forces of the world. And of course, Nick Fury, who is, you know, sort of the main person that draws a lot of ire out of Gravik, they have basically lost some faith in him. They they see that his tactics aren't completely working. They see that his focus has shifted and mm -hmm. they were in this from the beginning 
to basically take out Fury because that's where all of the anger and frustration had been built up towards. And that's essentially what Gravik told them, that Fury didn't deliver on this promise. We're going to take it to him. Now they're starting to see that the ambitions of Gravik are falling way beyond that. They're going into different places, and now he's on the brink of inciting the next world war involving Russia and, of course, the United States in this conflict. And we see Beto, who was one of the followers of Gravik, who was introduced in one of the earlier episodes, one or two, I believe, basically leads the small group to to, to rise up against Gravik and, and, and basically take part in a mutiny to try to overthrow him and basically remove him as their leader. They're unsuccessful. Gravik is utilizing this DNA that he's that he's picked up all along the way from different Avengers and different MCU characters to become, in essence, the Super Scroll. And he takes them out, he kills them very violently, and now he feels like more of a maniacal, just uncontrollable leader as opposed to this real tactician. It almost feels like he's building the plane as he's flying it. But, but what did you think about seeing his group of followers essentially sort of rise up against him? And I think more importantly, what do you think about just the development of Gravik up until now and how this all plays into just the bigger story because at once it did feel like Fury was the main target of what he was going after. But now it appears that his ambitions are just bigger and, and still even somewhat unclear. I, I don't know if I really know what Gravik wants. I don't know if he wants a world war. I don't know if he just wants revenge against Fury. Hell, I don't even know if he wants to remain faithful to his own scroll people. What say you about his whole development as a character? Yeah, re- regarding the mutiny, uh, it was okay to watch, I guess, because low-key Gravik was, like, fucking niggas up. I mean, he was, like, impaling people. I was like, oh, shoot. I didn't think it was going to go this far. Uh, but I wish I wish there was more indication from other episodes that his people weren't happy. I think up until literally this episode, it felt like everybody was on board. <laughs> and then it was like, surprise, there's a mutiny. I don't know. Like, I don't know if we're supposed to be as caught off as graphic was or not but i just didn't feel that i don't know i didn't feel i didn't feel like I, I, part of me wish wishes that i seen it coming a part of me wishes the characters that were uh performing the mutiny itself i wish we had gotten more of them and had some character moments with them even to be like i don't know what this dude got going on right now blah 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 at least some sense of uneasiness before the mutiny takes place i think would have gave it more depth and a, a, a better feeling so that was weird another thing that was a little weird I actually might have seen this. I seen this somewhere. It's either a video or article. Somebody's talking about how old boy was calling Gravic G. <laughs> He's been calling G for a long time. <laughs> and, I, and and they were saying it might have been New Rockstars actually, but I, I remember him saying it was like the scrolls don't even use the normal alphabet as America, or you know what I mean, as as people on Earth. So why is he using G at all? Because Gravic to, to them wouldn't even start with a G. I just thought that was funny. Anyway, it was a very small detail. Anyways, Gravic man. It's so weird because the first couple of episodes, you know exactly what he's going for. You know, you know exactly what's happening. And we have just gotten lost in the sauce because I think I think what has happened is so there are, there have been players in the game in which I think Gravik had a plan and I think some something has happened where he had to change that plan, but it was not very obvious <laughs> what plan B is. <laughs> He even even in this episode, he tries to tell us what plan B is. And he, we're like, what? It's very confusing. We really don't know exactly what's going on. And in fact, them bringing up this new MacGuffin that we'll talk about later is like, where did this come from? Has this we don't know if it's always been his plan since the beginning. We don't know if if he ever planned to kill Nick Fury. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think to a degree you have to think so, because. Bar just didn't kill him you know what i'm saying like that was definitely in the plans but now it just it, that part doesn't make any sense to me right bar kills nick fury then he doesn't get the harvest or the you know what i'm saying the vibe like i don't know the it, the writing makes sense in the beginning it may not have been the best but it, it, it was it was decent now it's like y'all crossing some wires that don't make any sense anymore why did we go this direction and so graphic has been weird he felt like of course, so much more of a threat, but I think the issue with this episode in particular, as well as a little bit of last episode, is I don't feel the gravity of Gravik's decisions anymore. Episode one was like, oh shit, like we just seen all these people get blown up, Maria Hill, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Nick Fury's being framed. I haven't felt that same gravity really 
since then. You know, the president stuff was kind of okay. I'll, I'll give it to him for that. You know, the end of last episode. But here, I'm just not feeling it, and I think that's also an issue. What's going on with this character? Again, he started clear, but now he's become muddled. That would have been fine had that been the angle. Had they given us, oh man, Gravik is his mind is going elsewhere. Or he's he's very confused, and all his people being like, oh man. You're right. This dude, I don't know what's happening, but he's unfocused. Let's have let's do something about it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just wish there was more there to get us to understand what the hell is happening. But for right now, it just feels like the writing is is it got a little it got a little confuddled in there. It got a little confused. Yeah, the the part that you spoke to earlier that I completely agree with is the lack of time and attention paid to his supporters and their unrest with Gravik as a leader, especially Beto as a character who's like sort of the one that leads it. When I see him get killed in the way that he gets killed just so easily at the hands of Gravik, it's like, well, why did you introduce the character to begin with? Essentially for Gravik to kill him off. I, I guess mm-hmm. that's the point of his character to be that 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 avatar that represents this this uprising. But not once did we get a moment with Beto talking to other followers like, yeah, yo, did you see what the fuck he just did there? Like, mm-hmm. ain't that kind of crazy? Are we still in line with this? Do we still want to support this guy? We didn't get those moments. And I mm-hmm. feel like a really good television series that's going to give you the proper amount of time to really just let that stuff breathe and take course and take shape over the over the course of several weeks. We don't ever get that opportunity here because they're just moving so quickly between beats and between characters where it's like, let's just settle in, write a quick scene. It does not have to be five minutes. It can literally be a two-minute scene, just a couple of pages of dialogue to just showcase why these supporters are now becoming unweary and becoming unfaithful really to graphic at the end of the day and they're losing confidence in his ability to lead because conversely on the other side of that graphic he did start off as a villain that felt like he knew exactly what he wanted to achieve it also felt like that he had been coming up with this plan for a long time i got the sense early in the series that oh you know graphic's been off in the shadows strategizing finding supporters finding followers and making this a really really tactile strategic plan that would essentially take shape all across the world it felt like he was super super thoughtful about all of that now i'm like you don't seem as thoughtful and i think that that's just a a really huge missed opportunity because gravic really had the capacity to be one of the more memorable villains that we've seen Mm -hmm. especially when you start to talk about the political ideology behind it and the idea of being refugees without a home and the idea of a guy that you placed your faith in not delivering upon a promise that he said he would and now you drawing all sorts of anger and ire towards him and this is something that they didn't do so i can't fault them for this because this was never necessarily introduced as a concept anyway but when we were talking a couple of weeks ago about gravic's true relationship with fury maybe it had been deeper maybe they actually had some sort of like close kinship maybe fury was more of a parental figure they never opened that box mm-hmm. so i can't penalize them for that to begin with but I just wonder, could that have been an opportunity to maybe explore that stuff, to make it more personal, to make it feel like that this is something that we should take our time and, and, and you know, be worthy of investing ourselves into? Mm-hmm. And I just never felt that. So now it just feels like Gravik is all over the place. It doesn't truly feel like, you know, we, we know what he wants. And also, as you said, they're sort of coming up with shit along the way that, that we had no idea about that wasn't even hinted at in episode yeah. one. And now it's what? just like... Oh, okay. That's that. I guess that's the main focal point now. It's just it's just so strange to me. So I think it's a really big, big missed opportunity, and it just feels like Gravik is gonna sort of end up being another. I don't want to say mustache twirling, but just like another conventional lazy villain. Hey, the there, there's something here where Marvel is is very clearly taking. I think radicalism and revolution in their turn, they turn, they turn all of them into terror, into terrorists. That's just what they do. Like the flag smashers, they all have like, a lot of them have like good ideas though. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them come from a good place, you know, in, in some part. And I think that is a line they're trying to draw with this one a little bit where graphic is like, Oh, too, too little bit far on the radical side. And his followers maybe feel like they're supposed to be on the good side. But again, they never, explore any of that and it and i think that's the downfall of some of these shows the flag smashers as an idea is like hell yeah y'all would do some shit like this you know what i'm saying and it's like what where did that idea go you're a terrorist <laughs> you know what i'm saying and they, they keep doing that with these groups it's almost like marvel is like don't do revolution because you're going to be a terrorist and I, I don't like that message that they're sending and i feel like gravic is also kind of falling into the muddledness of that too not being 
I, first, I felt like at first he was a villain with substance who had something behind him, right? That's why we love Thanos. Now he doesn't feel like that. He's starting not to feel like that anymore. Starting to be like this, like you said, just a normal villain. He's he's now, at first, he felt like he could align more with somebody like a Thanos. Like, okay, we get what you're doing. We understand. Now he is moving towards the flag smashers of like, oh, I guess this is this is what's happening now. And that that's also disappointing. It's a, it's a half measure because at the end of this, when you see him become like the super scroll, it's like, well, did you just want the power? Because we don't even know why he wants mm-hmm. this harvest DNA now. We don't even really understand. I, I guess it's for power. I, I don't know. But now you're killing your own people. So are you just going to have all the power for yourself while right. you're committing murder against the people that you're supposed to be fighting for? But that feels unclear because you're murdering them in cold blood for, for whatever reason. Yeah, they decided to rise up against you and. And, and take part in a mutiny, but I, I don't know, man. It, it just mm-hmm. all of a sudden feels like it's all unraveling, and, and it does just simply feel like a half measure where it's like, yeah, he could have been in Thanos territory. He could have been in Magneto territory. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that you can do with just the mindset of who he is, but they have decided to just not take that approach, or they just didn't have enough time to take that type of approach. So I, I don't have high expectations for Gravik next week, but it feels like, as you said, Flag Smashers, we're starting to get into that territory. Well, And, and one more thing before we move on. I find it so interesting because when you said terrorists, that, that reminded me of also Baron Zemo from Captain mm. America Civil War. Mm-hmm. They successfully got me to understand his viewpoint in two and a half hours. Like, I completely got it. By mm-hmm. the end of it, you knew exactly what Zemo wanted. You knew exactly the pain that he had dealt with and why he wanted to take revenge against the Avengers and destroy them from within. That was such a clear idea. And with, Mm -hmm. you know, four and a half, five hours within the show, all the stuff that graphic is doing feels completely unclear, which is unfortunate. Um, Let's move on and talk about Rhodey who last week we found out has been, uh, you know, essentially an an impersonated scroll um, that that's been taking the place of Rovi, Rhodey, Rovi. Um, the, the scroll is known as Rava. And so we kind of see an interaction between Rhodey and Nick Fury once again this week. They are still at odds because Fury clearly knows that, that, that Rhodey is not who he portrays himself to be. When we get the shot of Ritson coming into the hospital, Fury is whispering to the president, do not trust Colonel Rhodes at under no circumstance are you to trust him, trying to you know, tip him off to the idea that he is working on behalf of Gravik and the Scrolls, And we get this other interaction between Rhodey and Fury where they're going back and forth. And Rhodey essentially is continuing with this blackmail, you know, continuing to say like, yeah, you know, if you if you decide to make a move here and now, that footage is going to it's going to release all across the world. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and drop it. And, and he says to him, you're going to become the most hated man in the world, which I thought was a really interesting line because... I don't know if most of the world knows who Maria Hill is. And so the footage is specifically of Fury <laughs> killing Maria Hill. If I just sat back and watched that on TV on a news broadcast and I saw Fury killing somebody, I don't know if I'm going to hate him. I'm going to look and be like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Nick mm-hmm. Fury is supposed to be your protector. Why is he just killing somebody in cold blood? Then my next thought would be, well, he probably had a good reason. <laughs> if Fury's <laughs> killing somebody, he's probably doing it for a good reason. I wouldn't hate the guy. I just don't know why he yeah. said that. And then also one thing that's super interesting to me, I don't know if you noticed this, but Rhodey said, essentially, you know, if you if you want to reveal who I am as a scroll, you have to kill me here and now, basically preventing Fury from taking action and killing him. But that's technically not true, because in like the very next scene, when we get the return of Sonya and she shoots her boss in the leg, he reverts to his scroll form. Fury could have just shot him at at, at whatever range, in whatever body part, and it would have revealed Rhodey to be a scroll. So the fact that they even wrote that and then contradicted it in the very next scene was also just strange as fuck to me. I'm like, at least spread it out, y'all. At least not make it so (laughs) obvious that this is a plot hole that you also written to your script. I don't know. That whole thing was just, once again, weird to me, and it just feels like we're hanging on the same notes as last week. Rhodey's just still being an asshole, still committing this blackmail, still trying to, you know, convince the president to to, to launch this strike against Russia. Just all, uh, I think, half-baked ideas that don't really amount to anything. Yeah, even if... If the president just got shot at in this big shootout... The world is on the brink of World War Three. Who the hell is going to give a fuck about a black man on TV? <laughs> and like what? Nobody is going to care about that footage, bro. Like it, the world has more things to think about. Like World War Three, I'm pretty sure is more important than Nick Fury here. 
And man, you 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 said it, man. I was like, I, I said the same thing in that moment. He was like, ah, oh, shoot me. And I was like, wait a second. You just like cut his finger off, or like, because <laughs> so we clearly seen so you cut a nigga finger off and it turned green. I was like, oh, you could just do that too. Right. Uh, you could do a lot of other things to reveal that you're a scroll here. So I thought that was weird. One of the funniest things about the whole scene, bro, was the pistol whip at the end. I thought it was <laughs> hilarious, bro, because it was like hard and soft at the same time. But he like he low key fucked him up. But the way he just does it and walks away was too funny to me, bro. <laughs> It might have been the funniest part of the episode. There's another there's another funny part of the episode I'll talk about later, but that was hilarious. I had to rewind. Because <laughs> I, I had to make sure I seen it right. I was like, did he pistol whip him with the back, <laughs> the back of the But pistol? it was so soft though. It wasn't it was like so soft. it wasn't enough to like break the skin, but it was just enough to just like no, say, like, yeah, you key. motherfucker, I know who yeah, you are. It was almost like he whispered. He was like, bitch ass nigga. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. Um But also in that moment, did he did he pull out some uh some jewel stuff? Not some jewel stuff, but some. Uh, <laughs> I was like, did he say say what again? I thought he said say what again or something crazy. I was like, yeah. wait a second, dude, where are we? <laughs> what what TV show is this? Um, but yeah, it, it was it was just a moment, and it was it was kind of intense for a second. I thought something else was going to happen though, and then nothing happens. I think that's the thing about it. I was fine until absolutely nothing happens. Like, what was the point of the scene again? Like, it was almost like. I guess he had to pull up to the hospital. I guess that part makes sense. But I don't know. Was the pistol whip the whole point? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> was the blackmail the whole point? It was just like, I, I I was just looking for something else. But it is what it is. Yeah, I think uh, the intensity just, it should have been taken to another level to like really, mm-hmm. really unfold into something that, that was worthwhile. Because what happens in a couple of scenes later is, again, you know, Rhodey essentially trying to convinced the president president ritson um that that russia have become sympathizers with the scrolls you know and so that that is reason enough to launch this attack against russia which would incite world war three but there's a couple of weird things about this whole thing uh one when ritson is getting rolled into the hospital the president of the united states it feels like the smallest deal on earth like he feels like a regular person getting rolled into the hospital this is the president if the president was on the brink of death that would be the craziest fucking sequence that Mm -hmm. we could imagine like they could have done a lot more to just make us feel that the president is an important person Mm -hmm. and now at this point i've not been given any reason to care about ritson we are not going to get a reason to care about Ritson because we know Harrison Ford is about to be president in Captain America Brave New World. So Ritson <laughs> is true. obviously incompetent and won't be around too long. But you would just think that the president of the United States, even in a work of fiction, you, you think they would just make a huge deal about it and, and make it make it known that, yo, he might be on the verge of death. We have to prepare for the possibility that he's going to need a successor. So the VP, whoever that person is. Are we gonna are we gonna get them and bring them into the process to start to get ready to take over the mantle? We don't get none of that stuff. Like we don't get any of that that larger storytelling that I think can help really build this world and make this story give us that gravity that you said earlier that we kind of need to feel the weight of what's happening here. Yeah. The president gets rolled into a hospital like he's going in for a damn scraped knee. And it's just like, <laughs> yo, what the fuck? Like, come on, make this a big deal. Mm-hmm. Make me feel like that this is important. And it never feels that way. And then the second thing is is that Ritson is just easily convinced to do anything because Rhodey comes in and is basically, you know, telling him to 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 do this, you know, this whole attack. And we don't really see any resistance from Ritson. I guess they're trying to hold off to to, to maintain the mystery as to whether or not he heard Fury's, you know, sort of words before he went into the the emergency room. But you would just think that maybe again, earlier in the season, we could have gotten some scenes where we see Ritson dealing with some political issues, dealing with some uneasiness, maybe, maybe giving us reason to believe that he would be easily convinced to make a, defi- a decision of this type of gravity because mm-hmm. this is not a small decision. Like, what what's the political unrest and what's the situation there that would that would exist for President Ritson to be like, you know what? Yeah, this is it. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna we're gonna commit to this fully. We don't get any of that stuff, and so whatever way he goes, like whatever whatever decision he makes, it's just gonna feel like it was made haphazardly, and mm-hmm. and, and and that's just not satisfying at all either. So um, a lot of lingering questions there as well, especially as it relates to the fate of Rhodey. Um, we should talk about Gaia and Vara here. So Gaia is sort of reeling from the death of her father, Talos, and she events, eventually meets up with Vara, um, sort of at the request of Nick Fury. Vara, we sort of knew and expected that after last week's episode, 
Gravik's forces were going to come for her for, you know, essentially uh, betraying the cause and betraying everything that he's trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. But Gaia eventually finds her. They're able to connect quickly and they're also able to give Talos a funeral, you know, and sort of properly bury him and and give him a give him a, a, a final funeral, you know, as a way to send him off as a character. Uh, and then also in the meantime, Gravik's forces eventually do sh show up and, and try to attack Gaia and Priscilla um, at the same time. And and that was probably, if I'm being honest, like the highlight of the of the episode for me, just purely based off of the action. Seeing yep. Gaia and Priscilla just sort of team up yep. and use guns and pistols and machine guns to, to really fend off the forces of Gravik was a really cool sequence, you know, and I think it was it was also nice to see them come together. You have mm -hmm. this daughter who's become essentially an orphan and now Priscilla has become, you know, not completely a widow, but she 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 and Fury, I think, assumingly are no longer together. So she's kind of grieving to an extent as well. And so we kind of see their characters come together in this tragic moment and fight off these forces. And so Priscilla essentially takes allegiance against Gravik and Gaia, you know, sort of maintains that stance as well. So it was a cool sequence. You do want more for those characters because yeah. they didn't get enough prior to this. And I think this mm -hmm. moment could have meant more, but at least with the action, I thought that that was probably the best, the best executed scene of this entire episode. Yeah. I, I, there's something in me where I'm hoping that I think Gaia does become like the goddaughter you know, to, to Fury at some point or something. And we do see her in future projects, too. We, for all we know, Vara and Guy are both in the Marvels or something. You know what I'm saying? At least as a cameo or something really fast. But I, I, I do hope they, they continue to use them um, in some ways or in some form. But it is cool, like you said, to see them team up here. It was really dope to see them in a small location having to defend themselves. I mean, they are taking these niggas out. I mean, the shotties to the chest were crazy. But, yeah, it was it was, it was was high-paced. Um, and I like what they were doing there. The only thing that is so weird about all of this is Vara's decision to not escape her execution because she likes her house. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> that's it? You like your house, so you're not going to go anywhere? I don't know. I just wish there was more, I think, tying her to that spot or to that decision to stay there. You know, I wish she was like, it was the love of Nick Fury or, you know what I'm saying? Or I got four uh, years left on this mortgage. I'm not leaving this bitch until yeah, it's paid. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. Not like, oh, I like my house. I'll stay here to die. Like, oh, I don't I don't like that, man. And, you know, especially as somebody who does feel, as we see in this, a fighter. You know what I'm saying? She, she's clearly a fighter. She's clearly capable. You just going to sit here just because you like the house? I don't know. They could have gave me another reason. I thought that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I... I think what also scares me about this, though, it, it makes me feel like one of them is going to die next episode. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I don't like we got this moment together. I'm like, oh, shit, that was tight. And Marvel likes to go, man, that was a good moment. Let's kill one of them. And, <laughs> I, and I really hope they don't kill one of them. That is definitely my fear. And it, it's probably not going to be Gaia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, not, it's very low chance it's going to be Gaia. But Vara is, to me, on the fence of death. But I, I like her character too much you know she's to me she's one of the best characters in this thing they actually gave her some time to do some shit to talk to nick fury to understand her point of view to maybe betray nick fury to not do it to fight with guy they actually gave her some depth here and so now it feels sad if we lose somebody like this it's like damn we also just left lost talos i don't want to lose you too so i think this 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 scene as much as i loved it gave me a little bit of fear so we'll see what happens there as well but i, I absolutely i this was my favorite action scene in the in the in this episode for sure yeah, I, I just think that these two in particular just needed much more time ahead of this moment and ahead mm -hmm. of last week as well, because we've communicated and said before in, in previous reviews of this show that Gaia in particular is just a character that I haven't been given a reason to care about. Like, I understand the things that she's going through, but give me more to really have an emotional connection with her. And the same with Vara, a.k.a. Priscilla as well. It's like last week's moment although the acting itself was good between Priscilla and Fury, and that was just like, wow, these are two incredible actors who were just taking this material and really elevating it. I didn't have that many, I didn't have much reason to, to really care about Priscilla and, you know, just her whole standpoint and point mm -hmm. of view and why she did what she did and how she ultimately got to that place. Like, it was just communicated via a few lines of dialogue, but when they go ahead and try to shoot each other and intentionally miss, 
that moment in and of itself doesn't feel as big as it needed to. You know, I didn't walk away scared that either of them died. I knew Fury wasn't dead just based off of the show. And mm-hmm. if, if if Priscilla was dead, it was like, oh, you know, all right, well, tough luck for her. She tried to kill her husband. So that's how it goes. Um, but, you know, with that being said, this episode and this scene in particular with those two it was nice. It was a nice little addition, a nice opportunity to, to go a little bit further with them. I just think that we, we could have done more work ahead of this and we could have just given them the time that they should have had prior to this moment to make it feel even more important. But speaking of important, one of the important things that happened this week, likely the best thing, is the return of Sonya as a character, Olivia Coleman. She went completely absent last week. She had like one scene the week before, so we just have not gotten enough mm-hmm. of her. And I just shudder to think like, wow, this show probably could have been 10 times better if we just kept Sonya around all the time. Because yes. every time she's on screen, <laughs> I'm having a blast. She's damn near sociopathic in her tendencies, but in the best ways because she's super intelligent, very funny, just leaning into all the things that make Olivia Coleman just such a great and phenomenal actress. She just has such a great dead deadpan sense of humor, and she's blunt and... Mm-hmm forceful but still way ahead of the curve and 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 sort of thinks two three steps ahead even when you talk about fury she's kind of thinking ahead of him in a lot of instances and so when when we see her return you know exposing her boss to be a scroll shooting him in the leg and then eventually you know finding this dna machine and who's responsible for that and she has that showdown with the husband and his wife and the husband's a scroll and she shoots him point blank in the head it's like yeah i'm fucking alive now this this these scenes have made me like they, they got me to wake up like, wow, what's happening here? This gets me super excited and invested in the show and that surprise factor, that good surprise factor about not knowing what she's going to do next. But w- what did you think about seeing Sonya come back here and have such a, a meaningful presence in this episode? Yeah, I, I could tell I missed her. <laughs> I could tell. I was like, where has this energy been? And, and, and it goes to what I was saying, I think, at the end of uh, last week's podcast where I was just like mad that we're not using, I think, the potential of the actors that we have on payroll here. We're not using everything that we need. Um, even it's a very, very small tangent, but even I feel like we're not even using um, um, Kingsley Benadir completely. Like we're we're getting every time he's on screen, he's with other people, like a ton of other people. Even we're not actually getting that, that many one-on-ones with him and if so it's like somebody on the phone it was that one time him and uh talos met you know what i'm saying that was still a bunch of people like give us i don't know these moments and it feels like olivia coleman is is uh, again now that we're using her it feels like there's some energy being injected into the series that's like damn episode five you know what i'm saying like why can't we stay here why can't we live here um but I, I was glad she was back she felt she felt good again like i love her humor i think it's funny uh, also i love her unhingedness i love how her when when her and the career get in the car she's playing rap music <laughs> and it's uk rap and he's like this is what we doing he's like yes yeah, what we doing it is she just so unhinged it's like that's not the thing that you expect her to be listening to but then you're like it also makes sense because that's how ridiculous she is as a character. So, uh, yeah, I, I love that she's here, man. And I, I just wish we got more of her throughout the series, really more of everybody, <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah, I, I, it was good to see her. Yeah, definitely. Just a, a, a ton of new energy and just a jolt in the arm that you kind of need, especially by this point in the episode. I was just like, oh, my goodness, like, where are we going with any of this? And she comes on screen and takes over. And that's what Olivia Coleman does. That That is why you hire her. So you just, you know, you wonder, like, well, why not just do that every single episode? Mm-hmm. Give her at least one really great sequence every time we're here to where she can just fucking let loose on whoever is on the receiving end. Because when she shot old boy in the head and we saw the fucking hey. bullet hole, I was like, oh, oh. Now, they can probably get away with it because it was like purple goo that came mm-hmm. out of him. It's like purple blood. But still, the effect of it was like, oh, we're doing headshots now, Marvel? Okay, <laughs> I'm fucking signed up for that. I love yeah, to see sure. it. But yeah, it, it was good to have her back. And she she has a good a good amount of time as well with Fury, who in this episode, I think that kind of brings us to to really just one of the more confounding elements of not only this episode, but really this entire show. As you noted earlier, they introduce a brand new MacGuffin at the end of the series and it's called the harvest and and we essentially find out that gravic i guess all along has wanted the harvest i'm i guess i'm assuming that he's wanted this all along because he has still yet to kill fury even though mm-hmm. he's had a couple of opportunities to do so we find out that he has not done that because fury is the only person that knows where this harvest thing is and now we have, we find out at the end of the episode when fury and, and sonya travel to finland that the harvest is essentially a collection 
of all of the Avengers DNA. And he was able to retrieve this after the Battle of Earth, which is the battle that took place in Avengers Endgame between the Avenger, Avengers and, and the forces of Thanos. Fury essentially had the scrolls go to Avengers Compound and probably anywhere else on Earth where blood had been spilt on behalf of the Avengers. And boy, a lot of blood was spilt in Infinity War and Endgame. So I'm sure that there was right. plenty to collect from. But he's taken all of this DNA and has compiled it into this one tiny vial that consists of the DNA of many Avengers. And this is what Gravik wants now. And he basically tells Fury over a phone call, listen, I'll call off the strike on Russia if you bring me the harvest in person. So he's probably trying to do a double setup here. He's going to take the harvest, but then also likely try to kill Fury as well, which Fury knows that. But when this harvest thing was introduced in this episode, I was sitting there thinking like, well, what is this, A? And then secondly, when we do find out what it is, I was just starting to ask my questions and to myself like, well, okay, well, wh why, why, why did we do this? Why, why have we collected the Avengers DNA exactly? Like, what, what's the reason for that? The, it, it started to. Have you seen Justice League Doom, the animated series? Um, when Batman comes up with the contingency plans against the whole yep. Justice League in yep. case they fucking go wild, it feels like that. But they didn't explain that. Like if Fury yeah. was taking their DNA as a means of creating some sort of contingency in case the. I don't know if the Avengers went rogue, which they have, but we didn't get any insight <laughs> as to whether or not that was the reason. So I, I just left off this episode wondering, like, well, what, what the fuck are we picking up their DNA for anyway? Like, what's the purpose yeah. of that? Why would, why would that be a thing? And why now, especially? Why wasn't this made clear at the top of the series? Yeah, I had another thought of maybe, again, speaking to maybe the Nick Fury potentially doing good, I thought maybe he was scraping DNA so nobody else can scrape the DNA and so only he has it but the weird part for me about all of this about all of this why is why is it all in one bio like are you telling me all the Avengers <laughs> DNA they just mushed it together like you know what I'm saying <laughs> like what what are what we the doing fuck is here? that gonna be when what you did, fucking injected in yourself did, oh my god why did they do that it's like the tyrant from Resident Evil somebody who's gonna come out and it's gonna change your body completely I just don't really understand the logistics <laughs> I think behind this thing so you raise a good question for sure it's like why are they even collecting DNA in the first place again I, I hopefully just so nobody else got it Somebody, because the villain could have easily been like, "Shit, all them niggas was fighting out there. Let me go out there real quick <laughs> and go and go get some shit." You know, you really could do that, but I I just don't get it. One, I don't get, I don't get how this is all of a sudden a thing. If you're gonna introduce a MacGuffin like this, it needs to be like very early on to to make it worth it, because this does not feel like it's worth it. Two, they kind of dump a lot on us with this information of like Nick Fury was hiding this thing this whole time this big old vial of it like what and he's like yeah that's why I came back to fix my mistakes and we're like episode five <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're back not the not the death of Evan Ross I don't know you know what I'm saying like what is what are we doing here I just don't know what we're doing here so it's that and then the weirdness of the of the it's all being in one vial that makes zero sense to, like I, they're just gonna pour it and then like can they take out different strands of DNA within the vial that thing makes zero sense to me I need a scientist to explain it to me how you get all these Avengers and take it out of one whatever man I, I don't know what's going on here but all I know is that I was confused and I was not on board whatever this decision was to introduce this MacGuffin any scientist collecting DNA would never do that. They would never put multiple people's DNA into one vibe. That that literally is that's the opposite of what you need to be doing. Like Captain America needs one, the Wasp needs one, Everybody Rocket needs, needs one. one. Yeah. Everybody needs a different one because you're gonna get you're gonna get wildly different results based on whose DNA it is you're collecting. So if somebody were to inject themselves with this shit like that, that's like the equivalent of an that's like an Avengers overdose. Like there's no way. You should be able to survive that or, you know, maybe on the on the contrary, it might be completely ineffective. Like the fact that it is in one vial. Mm, yep. 
And if they go that far to be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's all in one vial, therefore rendering it completely useless, then that's also going to be like, well, that's fucking convenient that all of a sudden you introduced the story point, made it feel like it was important, and then all of a sudden Gravik is is going to use it and, it and it doesn't work. Then I'm going to be like, y'all y'all are really killing me right now. Y'all are straining credulity on so many levels. And and the whole thing is just it's just weird to me that, that they went this route with it. Um, I, I hadn't thought of the optimistic side, like, let's get the... Let's get the DNA so that people don't have access to it. Because that makes a lot of sense, which mm. is why I don't know why they wouldn't just say that. Why wouldn't Fury exactly. just say something like that? Like, you know, we had mm. to get that DNA as quickly as possible so that it wouldn't fall into the wrong hands. Because he also alluded to the fact that Gravik is one of the people out on the field yep, picking exactly. up the DNA. So, that's I, where you know, that's the idea, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. And that, that, that makes sense. That tracks that, you know, this is where, you know, this sort of led him the entire time. But also, like, Gravik, if you're out there picking up the DNA and that's what you wanted you wanted to exact revenge on fury then why didn't you do something about it then why didn't you try to hide the dna put it in your pocket find your own separate vial (laughs) like we we don't even have to be here you could have been had these powers bro (laughs) like seven years ago like what what were you waiting Mm -hmm. on so i guess out of the blue he got a bright idea like oh fuck i did do that three (laughs) years ago let me go let me go recollect that shit and it's going to be infinitely more difficult and i have to do the most outrageous shit in the world to get fury's attention and that's why he came back. Why, why wouldn't he say that in episode one? This is why I'm here. Because I know he's after this vial. Like, that, that, no, it, no, bro. No, that, you, you can't get by with that, man. Like, there is no way. I, I don't know what exactly went down here, but I suspect, mm-hmm. I strongly suspect that this was not the original intended I feel like ending too. of this series. We know that they've mm-hmm. been working on the show a long time, for a couple of years now. They did indeed undergo a numerous amount of reshoots in the development of the show, um, especially like earlier, or excuse me, at the late end of last year, they went through another round of significant reshoots, I think like six weeks. And I suspect mm. that the scripts just became discombobulated once they started to change up story beats and maybe maybe change up a few scenes. Like That had to be the case because... I just don't understand how you get to this place of introducing something at the second to last episode. And we had no clue literally about it at the top of the series. That just doesn't make any sense at all. So that whole thing confused me. Also, I want to ask you one more thing. Sonya is like, you know, Fury, I'm really curious. Why haven't you called any of the Avengers? Why haven't you rang up anybody? This, This feels pretty important. And Fury says, well, it's personal. I have to do this myself. We can't always rely on superheroes. If I can't take care of this, then what's the point of any of this shit anyway? Really? We're on the brink of World War III? And this doesn't feel important enough to call anybody? Like, Sam Wilson, where you at? Hey, Ant-Man, Wasp. Bring them niggas up. <laughs> please, somebody. Like, World War III, especially the Earthbound Avengers, the humans right. that we mm-hmm. have access to, Captain Marvel probably out somewhere. Starlord there now. <laughs> yeah, based on Guardians, my guy's hanging out in Missouri somewhere. Call his yep, ass up. Upstream. He has a he got a telephone line. I just don't. That doesn't come on. Like I know that we have to include that line in basically every project now because motherfuckers are always going to ask, why not just call the Avengers? Like why not just hit them up? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Let's write a reason as to why we don't feel the need to call them up because financially you can't afford everybody every fucking show i get that i know that we understand yeah we understand that but when you write a scene specifically to call and point out the fact that he's not doing this because it feels personal and that's the only reason once again my guy that makes no motherfucking sense you are on the brink of a world war of a literal whole hemispheric conflict that's going to take place mm-hmm. between multiple countries and 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 you don't feel the need to call anybody i i just i didn't get that what did you think about just that 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 explanation of why we're leaving out other characters from the story yeah it's 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 an excuse not to go full secret invasion i think it's an it really is we are talking about beyond be, be, besides like i say like secret wars we're talking about one of the most involved like amount of characters in a comic storyline ever. Like everyone in their mama is in goddamn Secret Invasion. And it almost feels like since we've gotten almost none of them, they were like, here's another explanation <laughs> as to why it is not like the comic book. And I have my reservations about that. I feel like, you know, you just said it. We get it. You don't have the money to do this and do that. But if you're going to, sit here and say we're going to do secret invasion have 
I think the energy and the patience to maybe have to buy those people. You know what I'm saying? To have to come up and have tell the story with all of the all of the superheroes that are involved. And and it's like if you're not going to do that, then why do it at all? And that's what it made me feel like hearing that. It was like, oh, brother, I guess. Like, if, if not, just make it, maybe don't call it Secret Invasion. Just call it Nick Fury's something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe don't call do something else that's just surrounding Nick Fury. Don't make it Secret Invasion. Because now we have in our heads something, All this, some Avengers are going to pop up. And this is literally, this line is literally like, there's one more episode left. The potential of the next episode is we go to whatever compound and we see all the people they kidnap, right? I think we're going to see Rhodey tied up somewhere. We might see Evan Ross tied up somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, to me, that line is like, don't worry. You're not going to see Chris Evans tied up. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to see any of the people that you're hoping to see tied up, tied up in this basement. That you actually care about. <laughs> that you actually care about. That's what that line is. It's like, ah, don't worry. None of those people are going to be in there. It's okay. It's just I don't know, man. It's 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 just it's just kind of silly. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's what they gave us. That's the reason they gave us. And yeah, I don't know. Hey, everybody, tune in next week to see Rhodey and Everett Ross, your favorite <laughs> characters. What the fuck? Like this almost makes me want to not watch because nobody important is going to be there. Like nobody. Oh man, it 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 was it it was definitely one of those things where I was like, wait, did he really just say that? Like I heard it and it just like win one ear and out no. the other and then i thought about it and i was like personal what that no no bro this is not the time to make this personal this is the time to end this shit call in reinforcements everybody, everybody. you got in a fucking phone somewhere you got to have access to somebody that can help you out with this but he does call yeah. somebody at the, the end of there. this hulk is also there bruce is somewhere you know bruce vacation is somewhere that's all you spa need or something yeah um <laughs> he he does call somebody at the end of this episode and and i guess that begs the question of who if if there are reinforcements supposedly to help him who who is it going to be he puts on the the classic you know eye patch he puts on the long trench coat he puts the hey. beanie on his head he threw some drip this, on before the battle the, this is the other part of the episode i was talking about that was really fucking funny to me because why is he pulling out each individual piece out of these big ass like cubbies <laughs> You telling me an eye patch needed a whole cubby to itself? <laughs> it couldn't be the eye patch, the gun. It really all could have fit in a cubby together. But they were like, let's make this as extra as possible. And he put out <laughs> one piece from each cubby and it's like masa limb thing. It's just it was so funny to me, bro. It was so silly. I was like, what is happening? It needs to be cinematic. We have to put one item in each cubby. It has to take its time. Like, that's okay. 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 Just get to the point. Just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Eye patch gun. Fucking get to the point. We see him dressing up. But um, I don't know who he calls. There, There's all sorts of rumors. I don't even think it fucking matters, if I'm being honest. It's not going to be anybody important. It's not going to all of a sudden be Thor coming from, from wherever. Definitely not going to be Thor. He's not over in Norway chilling like, yeah, Fury, I'll come and help Maybe. you. Even though, even though Fury did call him in actually i just thought about that what if they tried to pull something like that fury did call him in thor love and thunder but that was also like in the midst of a flashback when him and jane were still dating so i guess thor crazy though that would be crazy i guess (laughs) thor does have a track record of answering calls from fury and ditching his current plans especially if he's on earth so if they were able to pull that off that would be that would be dope but i'm not going to hold out any optimism but do you have any thoughts like is it is it one of the Marvels? You know, we, we're, we're still wondering if this ties in. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, Captain Marvel or or Monica Rambeau. It's definitely mm-hmm. not going to be Miss Marvel. She, she, oh, yeah. I don't think, she, I don't think they've met yet. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he don't um, know her yet. <laughs> but I, I, I don't, I don't really have any thoughts. But do you, do you suspect that, you know, anybody in particular might show up? Uh, I think Carol should be pretty close to the top, you know, just because of, uh, that would be, uh, for me, I think the best full circle moment. That's the thing that makes, Talos more important that's the thing that makes uh Captain Marvel as a movie more important is Captain uh Marvel coming especially when we do when when we do see um Nick Fury call Captain Marvel at the end of Infinity War he she doesn't get to respond to him directly right we never really get that many interactions with them outside of the Captain Marvel movie so to me that'd be the the I would, who I would choose I'd be like oh it's Brie Larson outside of that if they trying to surprise us with something and be like, oh, shit, like I didn't see that coming. Something wild it, and it's, it's far left. It's far left would be like 
a Riri Williams or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. whoa, how did this happen? Because she is involved with Don Cheadle eventually. You know what I'm saying? Like, we do yeah. know some of that stuff can come full circle. So I think that would be cool to see as a surprise. But I, I like Carol Denver's as a pick. And the only I will say as a one and a half pick, Monica Rambeau is still good because of the way WandaVision ended with her going to uh what's it called? Sword Shield. I forgot what it is. Yeah. Um, the, oh, Saber. The, the Saber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um with, with her going to Saber. So she she she's a potential too, but those are probably my top three in my mind. Monica could be good. That could bridge a gap between this and, and, and the Marvel's movie because when we see that trailer we do see that Monica has established some sort of relationship with Nick Fury. So That's true. I guess we're led mm-hmm. to believe that happens in the in the in between time of the movies and, and when we last are in WandaVision. But maybe if they were to u- utilize this space and this opportunity, you know, in, in a good way, in an efficient way, she could possibly be the one. But uh, Carol does also seem like a another clear choice um, mm-hmm. outside of that in terms of surprises. I'm not expecting a surprise, but I don't even know who I would say. I don't know. Fucking Matt Murdock. You know, let's just throw throw anybody yeah, in there. You know, right. call up Daredevil. <laughs> why, why not at this mm-hmm. point? So um, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to we'll have to check out next week's episode. Any any last concluding thoughts before we wrap up here and head into next week's finale? Uh, no, not too many, man. Um, not too much. Uh, uh, I still feel the same way I felt last week. You know, all the thi- all things considered. Still a little disappointing, um, but I, I do think they're gearing up for this show to have some kind of surprises next week. We don't know what that looks like, um, but I am a little bit interested to see how it plays out, right? I mean, of course, we kind of feel like we know where the show is going, but there's still a little bit of interest there just to see what happens. Um, I, I, I will say it: the Black Widow nods and teases in the show are interesting. Um, you know, we don't really talk about what's his name, Rick Mason or whatever the dude's name is. Tune in this week to see Rick Mason, your favorite (laughs) character from the MCU. It's like, okay, who the fuck gives a fuck about Rick Mason? I don't know why he's here. (laughs) I think there was, was our jaw supposed to drop where he popped up on the screen? I I never didn't even recognize him. Like, I almost had to like double take like, oh, that's that guy. (laughs) No, I I was just like, oh, okay, he's here, I guess. And uh, so, yeah, it it was that night, the little widow's veil thing he takes off his face when he's pretending to be in the airport or whatever. So I was like, it's a lot of Black Widow stuff going on here. I don't know what that means. Maybe he even calls up um, uh, 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 Florence Pugh. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, that would be dope. She's around, right? We know she's a Thunderbolt, but hey, whatever. (laughs) She could pop up. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that's interesting. So... We'll see. One episode left, um, and, and all, I can, all we can do is hope for the best. Hopefully, even if the, the show ends how it ends, make, make the surprise good. Maybe a surprise good. I'll be like, okay, that was cool. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, one quick thing I'll mention earlier, you talked about sort of like the, the, the Jules energy that Fury gave off, you know, calling back his role in Pulp Fiction. There was also mm-hmm. a moment, it feels intentional, where he's on the train talking to Rick Mason and he said, you know, mama always said I was special. That felt very much like it was unbreakable. Yep. Mr. Glass. You I know, thought that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely was like, oh, I see, I see them. They're playing with with Samuel Jackson's whole sort of filmography mm-hmm. history here. That was a nice a nice little touch because I felt like they definitely included that intentionally to, to reference that film and that character. But uh, beyond that, going into next week, I mean... I suspect we're gonna we're gonna revert to the formula that we've often seen in a lot of these shows. There's gonna be a big epic battle between multiple people, Gravix forces versus you know whatever Team Fury is able to assemble alongside Gaia and Vara, somehow making their way to wherever this compound is. They're they're just gonna figure it out, you know, and and everybody will converge, likely on the same place, and we'll see a big battle occur throughout the episode. It'll possibly still be the shortest or one of the shortest of the series it'll fall within 35 to 40 minutes i'm, I'm suspecting Jesus. again why i don't know why we're doing that and uh yeah that'll kind of wrap things up and it'll it'll put a bow i suppose on this series and i don't necessarily anticipate that the ramifications will really move beyond this series mm-hmm. probably first and foremost i guess the marvels with the whole mm-hmm. scroll component but i'm still a li- little dubious about that because i mean they're going with like some Ronan the Accuser type villain in that film, as we see mm-hmm. with with the character there. So I don't know how many scroll tie-ins there 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 will be in the Marvels, but uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll we'll obviously come back and review next week's episode. Hopefully, it does shock us and surprise us in some really satisfactory and good ways to which we can come back and and actually have a really really exciting conversation about everything that we see. But we will certainly stick by and find out. But folks. With all of that said, those are all of our thoughts about this episode of Secret Invasion. If you've checked out the latest installment of the Marvel Studios original series, definitely hit us up 
and let us know what you think. And with that being said, that's all we have for this episode of Two Black Nerds. Thank you again, as always, for tuning into another podcast. We will be back at the top of next week to talk about the showdown of the summer, Barbie versus Oppenheimer, the Barbenheimer nostalgia yeah. kick. The incredible moment is upon us this weekend. We are definitely excited to check out both Greta Gerwig and Christopher Nolan's new films. And so we Legends. will be back this upcoming Tuesday to talk about just the whole history behind this this impending showdown and why it's going to be one of the most interesting movie weekends we've probably ever experienced in recent Hollywood memory. And of course, we'll review both movies in detail, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And as usual, we'll be back next week with the finale of Secret Invasion to talk about and recap all the big details from that. So plenty to look forward to, but until then, we will see y'all next time. Yes, sir. We are Audi 5000. Please check out our Two Black Jedi and Two Black Sith collection at twoblacknerds.com. And remember, always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds, where we're too black, too nerdy. And we out, y'all. Peace. Do summers ever forget? Put your muscle like a kid. Cucumber will make a trip. Do jump on and hit a split. Hookers don't really do shit. Do get lynching in it, bitch. Rebelling is like an itch. Oh. I'm a